Welcome to the PSD Cast with your host, Jason Lumberg with Tower Systems Design. We've all seen the sci-fi predictions and minority report personalized ads show up everywhere courtesy of constant retinal scans at pretty much every public gathering. But with the internet compiling all of our physical data and a ton of people giving their data away for free with facial security tech on smartphones, fiction is slowly becoming reality. So the question becomes, when do we sound the privacy alarm? Where do we draw the line? Uh, Is it even possible to stop what's already in motion, or do we just have to manage the consequences? And on the line to discuss these issues is Temple Professor Subodha Kumar. So Subodha is the uh, founding director of the Center for Business Analytics, Disruptive Technologies at Temple University's Fox School of Business, and he has a lot to add to this conversation. So, Professor Kumar, thanks for joining us. And we've all seen the consumer AI tools creating pretty convincing-looking humanoid figures, and a trained eye can distinguish real from fake, but either way, this is probably just the tip of the iceberg with the real usage being in the corporate, government, and advertising spaces. So let's start with this. What are some of the predominant AI applications we'll see in the near future? First of all, these AI applications are going to be in every domain. Um, and they are going to be more part of day-to-day life. They are already there, but more so. But if you pick some of the applications, I think um, uh, healthcare and finance, I think these two areas we are seeing a lot of applications already, and they will grow at a faster pace. And the reason is simple, uh, because in healthcare, we are pushing more towards personalized uh, medicine and drug discovery, and or even uh, AI-assisted surgeries and so on. Uh, why finance? Because, again, a lot of money involved there. So, of course, uh, uh, you know, there are a lot of fraud detection is happening. People want to rely more on algorithms to do trading for them. So I think these two will be the key areas. However, uh, applications built around uh, how to understand human communications, how to deal with smart devices, or, or self-driving cars, I think those will also get a lot better. And this will be the immediate thing that will be coming in uh, next year or so. And as we go forward, as I told we will see it everywhere. Hmm. Uh, now, um, I'd like to follow up on something you, you just mentioned, since it seems, it seems to be... Um, it seems to be all over the place, and we've, we've been discussing it and debating a lot lately. So what you mentioned um, AI in automobiles and self-driving cars. So what right now would you say is the biggest roadblock to full, fully autonomous vehicles? There are two, three things here. First of all, uh, the technology itself is not ready for uh, full autonomous cars. And the reason is that we have... We are able to handle, I will say, the 90% of the situations, but always the tail part is the problem. And by the tail, I mean the situations that does not happen very often. And for those kind of situations, the cars are not trained. So for most of the situation, we are ready, but the small tail part of the technology is not yet ready. But the second biggest challenge is the both regulatory side and adoption side. See, we are okay with errors made by human, but we are not okay with errors made by machine. If you look at the statistics in terms of the number of hours driven by machines and number of hours driven by human, the percentage of error 
is much less with machine already. The data clearly shows that. So from that logic, we should be perfectly fine. If percentage error has gone down, why not? But we are not okay with even one or two errors. And that's what we see. And sometimes those one or two errors could have been avoided by human. Even though the percentage is lower, they make some common sense mistakes. And because of that goes into the tail part I mentioned. And unless we somehow, the customers are ready to live with that kind of mistake, the regulations are okay with that, as well as we go deeper into the tail in terms of the technology, we are not going to see a lot of autonomous vehicles on the road. Yeah, I, I would definitely say you're right. I think we have much higher, we hold up much higher standards for machines versus humans. And I also think we're going to have to deal with the irrationality of humans, and that's probably a big issue too when we're trying to get vehicles communicating with each other, and then you have human-driven cars competing with that. But let, let, let's, let's switch it around for a bit. How has the cloud enabled more sophisticated AI applications? So cloud is helping us in many different ways. Number one, the cloud is giving us the computational power that we did not have earlier. And uh, nowadays, uh, you know, it's very hard to have everybody to have this kind of supercomputers or workstations. But I can run a very heavy-duty stuff on cloud, very heavy-duty. I'm talking about the real-time video analytics and so on at much lower cost, and I can get it whenever I need it. So setup cost is very low, and the computational power is much, much higher. The second thing is that scalability. Now, what happens with AI-based solutions is that uh, they, sometimes you need a very heavy-duty uh, requirement, sometimes you need very low. But it becomes very hard that how to deal with the spikes or, or scalability. Cloud solves that problem as well. Cloud also solves a very important problem is that there are many different kind of systems right now where they need to talk to each other. We talked about... Uh, the self-driving cars, for example. Right? Now, the cars will be using different kind of technologies, but we get the fully autonomous cars at the point when they can start talking to each other. And for that, uh, cloud play a very important role because you can run these interfaces called APIs in the cloud, which can help connect different kind of systems. So for AI to get full shape, we need to do that. And finally, not only in terms of processing, but also in terms of the data storage, clouds is going to play an important role. Where is good data going to stay? They have to stay somewhere in the cloud. So cloud is an in, in, in inherent part of this AI development, and we will live in a world where everything is on cloud, essentially. All right. In your opinion, which AI application is the greatest invasion of privacy? See, um, any applications which is... Uh, using uh, people's face um, is going to be the biggest invasion of privacy, either the faces or the videos uh, involving the movement of people. And the reason is that many times these uh, facial things uh, are used without proper understanding of the users. Uh, users do not realize that what their faces are being used or what their videos are being used. Now, many applications, by the way, are using these faces. Uh, many of the apps are collecting that data. Of course, government and law enforcement are doing. 
but many private entities are keeping this data and they are utilizing it to do facial analysis, even the emotions analysis and so on. Now that I think is a serious problem because people don't understand how they are being used. And second, we do not have clear regulations around it. And I think this problem will get more serious because now people are taking these videos uh, and faces and they are using it in uh, deep fake using generative AI and so on. So that is going to be a serious problem uh, before people even realize it. The second big thing will be that all these devices are not talking to each other. For example, when we are in the car, uh, we have our GPS system, we have our music system, we have our phone calls. Now, many of these data is being collected by car companies through their servers. And, and even within the house, a lot of devices talk to each other and a lot of these data get collected. I think that will lead to a lot of privacy issues and um, that's where the, the, the regulations need to be a lot more clear on that. Right now, for example, about the data of cars, it is very unclear how they can be used. And, and finally, and maybe most importantly, the healthcare data. Earlier, the healthcare data was something that cannot be touched. But now we are relying a lot on apps and so on, where people are giving a lot of healthcare data, uh, knowingly or unknowingly. And they are being connected with other things. Of course, they are leading to personalized medicine and a lot of uh, uh, AI-assisted healthcare. But they can easily go into the wrong hands where people can do a specific kind of profiling, uh, which may be problematic. So I think um, anything related to face, videos, healthcare, that is, I, I think, the serious problem right now. Makes sense. Now, feet to the fire. Have we reached the point of no return with AI? You know, in other words, is our facial data and, and other personal info so widespread and so pervasive throughout the net that it's it's out of our hands. We just have to manage it at this point. Uh, I will say for sure. Uh, although, uh, uh, is it really a bad thing? I do not think so. See, we had similar concerns with other technologies in the past. Even in 60s, uh, we were very worried that kind of data being used by mainframe computers. And people have raised concerns of privacy as well as the workforce and so on. So we have certainly reached to the point where there is no go back. In fact, things are going to get a lot more complicated as we move forward. Um, can we go back to the world of no AI? Out of question. Uh, but, uh, you know, I will not say that things are completely out of our hands. Yes, we are in a situation where we do not clearly know how to deal with some of the problems like deep fakes, how to differentiate between right and wrong, um, how my data is being used, whether the results I'm getting are really using correct type of data. Those kind of questions are still lingering. And I think it will take a few years when we really get a clear picture of that. But those, are, those always happen in the transition. Uh, we are really in the transition time because all this generative AI became popular only in last one year. So a lot of applications are based on that right now. So clearly we are at the time when we are asking these questions, we don't have a lot of answers, so it creates a lot of anxiety. But that does not mean it's all bad things. Eventually, 
we will figure it out and we will be in a society which is a lot better. Uh, of course, regulations, uh, regulators as well as uh, private companies need, have a lot of responsibility right now to fix this problem faster than later. But I will not call it out of our hands. I will say that it it is happening for good reasons. But there is no going back, I don't think. Okay. Well, thanks, Professor. I want to thank you for your time. And to our audience, thanks for tuning in. And have a great day.